name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Earlier this week, I was over at Commonwealth Lake. It was one of the sunnier days. And as I was about to leave, I remembered there's this huge vine of grapes that's grown over from someone's house into the, the area where people can go. So I went over and picked a bunch of clusters of grapes, which here in Oregon, they're just ripe now. As you recall, about a month ago, we blessed the grapes on Transfiguration because in warmer climates, the grapes would have already been ripe by Transfiguration. So we offered grapes that we had to buy in the store, but nonetheless, we received God's blessing from that. Today's gospel is kind of like an anti-Transfiguration. The people who were supposed to bring forward the grapes said, no, we don't want to bring forward the grapes. We'll keep them for ourselves. In this gospel reading, which we, we know fairly well, it's at a time when Christ is getting closer to his betrayal and crucifixion and death and resurrection. And so he tells this very pointed parable, speaking directly to those Jewish leaders, about how, as we know, this is a parable of the history of humanity. But the tenants refused when the prophets came and told of our Lord's will and our Lord's commandments. They killed them, they abused them, they rejected them, they exiled them. And then he foretold of his own death as the Son of God coming to the earth. We don't read this gospel reading every Sunday, every year so that we can remember what those Jewish leaders back then did and how wrong they were and how wrong the Jewish people were who rejected their prophets. We read it for us. So we have to insert ourselves into that story. And of course, we would like to be those servants, the messengers coming to the vineyard, but we know that's not what the parable is about. It's about us being the tenants. We are the ones who are in the vineyard. We are the ones who are growing the fruit. In the, as the parable unfolds, we see those grateful tenants as us, but then the question is, who are those servants that are coming on behalf of the Lord? Who are the ones that are coming with the message from the master saying, this is the will of the master, do this? It's our guardian angel. Or the voice of our conscience, you could say. How many times in the course of the day does that messenger come to us to say, this is the will of the Lord. This is what the master desires. When I speak for myself, how often do I kick him out? Not listen. Say, no, thank you. I don't want that will. I want my will instead. I want to do the things that I think are best for me, whether it's because I'm, I'm just enslaved and I prefer sin, or maybe it's because, no, I think that's not a good idea. I think this is the better idea over here. I'm going to do this instead, because according to my own logic, my own rationality, I've decided this is the better thing. And so I pursue my own will instead of God's will, just as our first forefather and foremother did in the Garden of Eden. 
They said, I think the better thing is to do this over here instead of what God has revealed to us. So we hear this parable as us being the tenants. So what is the fruit? What are the grapes that are brought forward? God implants in us. He puts an entire vineyard in us. He puts the seed. He waters it. He grows it into a luxurious vine in our soul. These are all the gifts that God has given us. Everything that is virtuous in us is from God. Our simple part, so think of the entire life that leads up of the vine, that leads up to the grape. It has to be planted, watered, tended to, has to receive the sun, has to grow and grow and grow. And all we need to do is pluck it and give it. It's a pretty simple part when you see the whole picture. It's exactly the same as our own soul. How much God has endowed in us, has given us, just out of his free blessing. And it's not because he needs those grapes that he says, okay, now is the time, give the grapes. He doesn't need the grapes. It's because this is what will put us in harmony with him, in union with him. Our role in this world is not to be rulers of the world, rulers of our own life, ones who are guiding and directing our life. Our role in this life is to grow in a relationship of love. And a relationship of love, as God has revealed, is a relationship of voluntary self-giving. This is why God has given us this. He's given us this parable, but more broadly, he's given us this message that we hear through our conscience day in and day out. Saying, here's the will of the Lord. Do this thing. Yes, this thing is hard, but it will bless you. It will strengthen you. And so we have the choice as attendants. Do we kick the voice out of our, our heads? Or do we listen and respond? It's interesting that the epistle reading was put with this gospel reading because the epistle, I kind of feel like it has the answer to the question of how do we go about this? Because I could tell you, listen to your conscience more. Do what's right. But let's get a little bit more strength behind those words. In the epistle reading today, it says, or rather, St. Paul says to the Corinthians, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. There's the answer. First and foremost, we must be watchful. Because how often is our, our, internal, our, our internal ears mute, or deaf, rather, deaf to the voice of our conscience? How often do we not even realize what is the right thing in a situation? We have to be watchful. It reminds me of that hymn that we sing during the bridegroom orthros in Holy Week. Remember about the servant who was what? Watchful. Versus the servant who is asleep when the master comes. Our master comes to us each and every day through the voice of his angels who are his messengers. And our master comes and knocks, are we vigilant? And then St. Paul says, stand firm in the faith. It's so important that we have a right understanding of the faith, that we continue in studying the faith, reading the scriptures, prayer, 
All of these things are things that give us that ability to stand firm in the faith so that we're not led about by our own broken mind into wrong ways of thinking. It's also, it reminds me of that line in the liturgy, let us stand aright, let us stand with awe. Those words are the words of Archangel Michael to all of the right angels standing in front of the army of the devil and all of his demons. Let us stand firm. Imagine this great battle between those who follow the will of God and those who do not. And Archangel Michael being, of course, the leader of that great army. And then St. Paul says, be courageous. Now, this is an interesting one. This is almost like you think this is for soldiers or people going into difficult situations. But the reality is our life is difficult. It does take courage to live according to the will of God. It does take courage. And courage is kind of a disposition. It says, I'm not going to be fearful. Now we can say, don't be fearful, and that's not always that easy. But what it means is that every time that I'm not courageous, every time that I succumb to fear, anxiety, worry, I can repent of that. And again, turn to God with greater strength. And lastly, St. Paul says, be strong. This is the word that we say in the liturgy many times. Dynamis, with strength. It takes strength to be a Christian. All of the world around us wants to be like those tenants that are kicking up and beating out the servants. That's what the world wants us to be like. To say, this is your own, take it. He doesn't deserve it. You should have to see all of this beautiful vine that God has grown inside of us. The ripe fruits that he alone has grown inside of us. And offer them. Whether it's our time. Whether it's our forgiveness. Whether it's our patience. This is what we're offering. Day in and day out, our Lord will ask of us, will we offer him his fruits? Amen. Amen.